This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. I identify as a Jack Daniels drinker. <laughs> Debbie Hayton, what do you identify as when it comes to this good stuff? I think I identify as a beer drinker, I think, uh, Jeremy, yeah. <laughs> but you, you're, breaking, you're breaking all the stereotypes and we haven't even started yet. <laughs> Although... <laughs> um, I hope you don't mind. I am going to drink uh, Jack Daniels while we chat. Uh, it is... Well, I think it's pretty much the same time, almost. I think you're one hour behind me. Yeah, it's 8pm here. We're, oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, we're, we're plus one here. Uh, so, okay, so I saw you on trigonometry, as have many tens of thousands of people, uh, and um, <laughs> and before that, before that, you were making news. You are a, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know how to how to how to do this. A transgender school teacher and journalist. Uh, have I got it right? Yeah, you've got all three things right there. Yeah, I'm definitely trans. I'm. Uh... I'm a teacher. That's what I. That's how I earn my living, and I've been engaged in journalism for the last three years, writing about transgender issues. What What's What's quite funny though is that you seem to be very hated in the um, transgender community. <laughs> uh, let's say that I I divide opinion. I think uh, I say things. I've never I've never gone out to be popular. If I say something, if I think something is true, I'll say it. And if people don't like it, then people don't like it. Well, I'm obviously, not, I'm not campaigning to be popular. Sure, I mean, and I, I get that. I mean, I'm, I'm very much the same kind of, of person in that sense that I don't, I don't go for popularity. I, I go for truth, and I think that's also what you go for. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about transgenderism and everything around that, particularly uh, how it relates to you. But I just want to quickly do some, some background here. So. What is your background? You're you're in the UK. You you're a school teacher. You teach science, if I've got that correct. Uh, you're part of uh, some sort of labour union in the UK. Have I got it? I'm not I'm not sure how that is there no, a connection. Got, you've, you've got all those things correct. I'm uh, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for 26 years now. I sure. teach at a school in Central England, and I'm an I'm an officer of one of the teacher unions in in the UK as well. So uh, most of my most of my life is is pretty normal. It's teaching children and representing colleagues. Right, and so then uh, Corbyn would be one of your one of your uh, um, um, icons. Well, I my my politics are to the left, should we say? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Um, for what it's worth, you have the world's worst prime minister. Yeah, uh, he's interesting. Not, not, not my choice. That's all I would say. <laughs> I, I don't think he's anybody's choice at this point in time. And I know, I know also what some of your views on um, what's going on at the moment with all this COVID nonsense, the lockdowns, etc. Okay, I'd, I'd, obviously, I mean the the glaringly obvious first question. And keep in mind, I'm not interviewing you. This is just more of a conversation of learning. And yeah. I'm very much. I'm very much not in this game, so you're going to have to teach me a lot. <laughs> um, where you became sort of notorious was you—you—you you, <laughs> you wore a T-shirt that said uh, "Trans women 
are still men get over it along those lines um this is obviously very offensive because my understanding is that if you want to change gender or sex i i you must correct me now my terminology you you don't want to be identified or seen as the former well, this is the problem. I got into so much hot water for that T-shirt. It was it was remarkable. But it's just a political statement. Why shouldn't we be allowed to make political statements and then and then uh, see what people think about it? The that that T-shirt it had two parts. The slogan it is it's a, it's a slogan which is used by Stonewall in the UK, which is the principal LGBT campaigning organisation. And it said trans women are men, but then it said get over it. And it was a mirror to Stonewall's uh, or Stonewall's T-shirt, which says "Trans women are women." Get over it. But where where the get over it in from Stonewall's point of view is everybody else in society should get over this. I think as trans people, we're only properly liberated when we get over things ourselves and we accept reality and we accept ourselves as who we are. So my message, get over it, was a message to us saying that. If we get over this this issue, then we'll be much much happier, much more secure, and much more confident in society. But uh, there's a weird kind of conundrum there because you're saying accept who we are. Yeah, we can't change sex. This is this is this is the uh, you know th- this is the story that's been going around that we can choose our sex. Uh, we've conflated the idea of sex with gender. So we're totally confused over what these things mean. But sex is our biology, and uh, it's not in doubt whether we're male or female. You know, most people can tell whether, you know, whether somebody's male or female. Newborn babies, we can tell that they, they're male or female, and I am most definitely male. And until recently, as dictionary definitions are changing, it, it's very Orwellian at the moment, but until recently, a man was defined as an adult human male. So I'm male, I'm adult, I'm a human being, I'm still a human being, uh, so therefore I'm a man. But what's wrong with being a man? This is the question. Now, as a man, mm. I did have some issues with my body, and I've changed it. I've made, I've made significant changes to my body. I've made significant changes to how I present myself in society, and I'm much more, comf- uh, much more comfortable as a result. But to try and pretend that we've somehow changed our sex in the middle of all this, uh, it's unhelpful. It, it's it's unhelpful because it's not true. We can't do it. Okay, so you need to teach me here. There's a difference between sex and gender. This is now what you were saying. Yeah, uh, sex, sex and gender. In English, uh, we tend to we we, we conflate them and use them almost as synonyms, sex and gender. Yes. And then also, because we're a bit prurient about the word sex, because it, you know, mm. because of the means well, we often use gender as a euphemism. So the two ideas have become, uh, have become synonymous, but they are distinct. Sex is, uh, is related to our body. It's related to our uh, reproductive potential, even if, you know, if we're not, you know, we're not necessarily fertile reproductively, but it's our reproductive potential. That's what sex is. Now, gender, well, gender is a much more vague term. We, you know, what what does it really mean? It's uh, we have gender roles, which are basically sexist uh, roles which men and women are expected to follow. We have gender expression, how we present ourselves, 
uh, we have gender identity, which nobody has a clue what gender identity is. You know, everybody talks about it, but the moment you start saying, you know, what is gender identity, nobody knows. Uh, but all of these things, this gender is a very vague term, but it's based in it's based in psychology in our head, and it's based on, it's linked to our personality, and it's by conflating that and sex is why we get into trouble. Right. Okay. So, so you. You're biologically male, but you're identifying as a woman. Is that correct? <laughs> I thought it was some sort of woman when I transitioned. I, I really did. But it's nonsense. It really is. I identify as myself. I'm Debbie Hitton. I'm a human being. And, yeah. But, I mean, you know, when I you... No more. Yeah, but, I mean, if somebody refers to you as Mr. or Mrs., for example, or ma'am or sir or whatever, like, how... Where does it go well, from there? Where does it go from there? People, it, most people, most people, most people take me for a woman. Most people will will call me, uh, you know, will, will use she pronouns for me and and refer to me as uh, as they would a woman. But not everybody does. Uh, there's people very close to me. My family have known me for, you know, you know, for for decades. Uh, they will refer to me as male pronouns because mm. I'm, you know, I'm still, a, you know, I'm still the same person they knew. And in politics, people use male pronouns politically. Mm. There are some people who use it offensively. You know, there there are a few people in society in in around who are, you know, who are who who are bigoted and who are who have got unhealthy views. And they, if they shout he him at me, I'll, I'll run away from them. But generally, it, it does bother me. Okay, so let's let's just go back a little bit in history. I, I'd love to know your upbringing, uh, because I know that our history shapes who we are, and I, I want to see um, how how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I uh, had a pretty normal childhood. I grew up as the eldest eldest of three boys in my family. I went to a uh, you know mixed comprehensive school, and uh, my upbringing was 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 normal and. And from the from the outside, I was a I was a normal boy growing up. I uh, I did find it I did find it difficult to relate to other people at times. Uh, the opposite sex, I would you know I wanted to relate to girls as girls related to each other. If that mm. makes a sen- makes uh, makes sense, I desperately wanted to be a girl for reasons I uh, I can't explain that right. I couldn't explain it to myself at the time, but that I kept very hidden because. Even even in primary at primary school, it was something which I knew you should be very shameful about this. For a boy wanting to be a girl was really shameful thing to do. So I kept it hidden and I kept it bottled up. Um, now, I mean, look, I mean, the questions that 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 come obviously is things like, are you gay? Because um, I, I I struggle to to find that when I read articles about you. Are you married? Uh, this this I'm kind married, of yeah. and are you are you married to a man or to a woman? I'm married to a woman. Right. Okay. And we've had uh, yeah, and we've we have three children. Okay. Right. Okay. So so you you're not you're not gay. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm trying no, I'm to... No, I'm I'm heterosexual. I'm male, my partner's female, so I'm heterosexual. Right, sorry. I, <laughs> you must be... <laughs> if, if, if it I, does get complicated, yeah. No, if, if I am out of line, please please put me back no. in line. But I, I'm just trying to, wrap my, <laughs> trying to wrap my head around it. It's very interesting. Okay, so... And, and, and yes, what's in, yes, what's also interesting is that I'm guessing that, that you have had a history of being ostracized. Well, not particularly. Not. I, uh, I, 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 did fi- I didn't particularly enjoy, gr- growing up uh, mm. when boys got boisterous, I didn't particularly enjoy that, but not do a lot of boys really. Right. I was successful at school. I, uh, you know, I was successful in, in, in my, I've been successful in my career, got mm. lots of friends, I've not really been ostracized. Uh, but I was, I was carrying internal stresses because of, I couldn't weigh up, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, uh, uh, link who I felt I was inside right. with who I was on the outside. All those stories which you hear from trans people, it was true for me as well. I did struggle to link the internal with the external. So, so, so transgenderism is more about the mind. Yeah, it's uh, it's the way that we relate to ourselves, and it's the way we, re- we relate to each other psychologically rather than biologically, as such. Yeah. If I were to do a search, which I have done on the internet um, about you, I, I see that you, there's, there's a lot of animosity towards you from the LGBTQ uh, community. Uh, what, is, what is going on, Debbie? Uh, they don't like what... There's, there's a lot of people in the uh, LGBT community who don't like what I say. Uh, I, my view is that we are... We are who we are. If we're if we're male, we're male. If we're female, we're female. And we need to accept that. Yeah. Sure. As a male person, I should be able to express myself as I feel comfortable, and I, I do that. But I don't try to claim that I'm any sort of uh, any sort of woman in doing that. Or not now. I, I used to. Uh, so not now. But there's other people who think differently to me, and if I offer to say, well, let's talk about it, the they don't want to talk, and my my impression is is that they don't, they're not able to, uh, the you know they find it difficult to uh, construct arguments to, uh, you know to uh, to to debate with me. Why though? Why why are they are they the ones who are not adapting? What's I mean, I'm trying to figure this well, out. Are they are they the ones who are bigoted? Ironically, well, this is the thing. I get I get accused of being a bigot because mm. I. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think that, you know, a trans woman, I'll say, I don't think you're a woman because you're male like me, or you're no more a woman than I am. So I get accused of being a bigot. But a bigot is somebody who is intolerant to somebody else's opinions. Right. Now, I'm perfect. I'm not intolerant to their opinions. I just think they're wrong. Whereas uh, they are incredibly intolerant to my opinions and won't even, won't even engage with them. So that's, that's bigotry. It's not me that's a bigot here. There's something refreshing about the way the way you approach this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, I know that I know that you're not you're not going out to offend. You're going out to be truthful. Yeah, and too often we're uh, we're told, "Well, can't you be kind, Debbie?" But being it's not kind to tell lies to people and i don't think you know i don't think what they say is you know i don't know what i don't know in south africa but here we've got this word nice being nice to people Mm. and that's what they mean but is it nice is it kind in order to to uh tell people which are untruths if 
if if something's wrong, you uh, you say, well, if you want if you want to believe that, that's fine. But I don't share your beliefs. It, it, in some ways, this is it's it's like it's like talking to somebody with dif a different religious faith to mine. You know, I'm quite you know I'm quite happy to uh, for them to hold whatever religious uh, views they 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 wish, but don't expect me to uh, share their share their faith. And it's the same here. Transgenderism almost feels like some sort of quasi-religious, uh, yeah, religious faith. On your on your website, you've actually alluded to that um, in some of your in some of your 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 blog posts, uh, which I found very interesting because I I get the sense that it is very much sort of like a cult. Yeah, you see, I have religious faith myself, so you know, I you know, I'm I'm a Christian. But when I've got lots of friends who are not Christians, and I don't expect them to share my faith about this, I'm a Christian because it helps me, it helps me live my life uh, more comfortably and more securely, and and, and it, it improves my life. But I don't expect other people to follow it. Now, adherents of cults, uh, their they, their reaction can be, uh, in, sorry, sorry, when I talk to adherents of cults, they uh, they can take a different view to that, and in some ways, I feel. I feel a bit like an apostate to a cult at times because I was part of this. I did go along with it, you know, until probably five or six years ago, about 2015. I was as convinced as anybody else that trans women were women. Uh, I wouldn't have transitioned otherwise. And I've, I've, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit like an apostate from that mm. group. You use the word transitioned, and I mean these days, if you look at the Guardian and uh, a lot of atrocious mainstream publications um in my view uh they they celebrate uh transitioning even for little kids what are your what are your views on that like i mean i see these pictures of six-year-olds twerking and dr little boys dressed as girls and debbie i'm s I, i'm sorry but uh, you're welcome to to call me names but i struggle with that there's something for me that is n not right uh dressing up little boys as girls because they don't know yet about sexuality or am i or am i or am i backwards no in my in my in my view some of what is going on is child abuse uh children are being uh are being directed down paths by parents who are uh who are uncomfortable with their children's behavior i think all children should be able to express themselves as they wish and if boys want to dress up if boys want to dress as girls or girls want to dress as boys, let them for goodness sake, but don't tell them they're the opposite sex. If a boy wants to present in a, in a, in a, in a way we consider to be feminine, let him. Mm. And if a girl wants to uh, you know, wear trousers, cut her hair short and plant trees, let her. But we shouldn't be telling children that they're, this means that they're the opposite sex or they're really the opposite sex. Mm. And I worry that, that some parents see this behavior in their children and worry that they've got a gender non-conforming son and would prefer to have a gender conforming daughter. I worry that its parents are, are imposing their own prejudices on their children. And, it, and we should not be telling children, uh, prepubescent children, that they're really the opposite sex because it leaves them in an impossible position as mm. puberty approaches. What do they do then? A child who has been uh, told since the age of three or four, and some are, Child has been told since the age of three or four that they're really the opposite sex and passes as the opposite sex because kids of that age can. And then as puberty approaches, all their entire life has been uh, in the opposite role. 
and then suddenly they have a they have an issue. Uh, they they either go through the puberty according to their sex, in which case that uh, they can't they can't pass as the opposite sex any longer, or certainly not as easily, mm. or they go through a different puberty, a chemically induced puberty, and these kids are mm. being told that this is an equivalent puberty, and it's not. And we need to be honest with our. We certainly need to be honest with the children, but we need to be honest with ourselves as a society. Is what on earth is going on here? It's dreadfully wrong, and uh, we're setting these children up for a lifetime of medication, of being. Uh, and and let's face it, if you go through the other puberty, well, you can't. But you'd be left sterile, infertile, without the ability to have your own children before you know what it means to be an adult. Sorry about the rant here, but I feel quite strongly about no, it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm all about ranting. <laughs> um, no, please, by all means, rant. My audience loves it anyway. Um, and it's, ranting generally is when the truth comes out in any event. Uh, but, I mean, Debbie, can I ask, you said you've got three kids, um, and I won't, yeah. I won't obviously interrogate, but are they normal? We can all be normal when we stand up straight, because the normal is defined as perpendicular to the surface. Uh, what do you mean? No, you know what I mean, trans. though. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. They're, they're not. They're not trans. They're uh, they're perfectly. Uh, I well, I think I think they're very special because they're my kids. Mm. But a uh, person going down the street, they're they're unremarkable uh, young adults now. They're twenty three, twenty, and eighteen. Great people, you know. You know, I I I think they're the best young people in the world. Twenty three, because I'm their dad. Oh, you're 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 fifty odd. I can't. Uh, what's it? 50? I'm I'm fifty. I'm fifty two. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, wait. And you just said, wait a minute. You you just snuck in there that you're their dad. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because as you said earlier, you you're you're biologically male. So yeah. so they refer. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, so they refer to you as dad. I'm just. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine myself though. I know you, 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 you have to understand, Debbie, that it is obviously. I might be backwards, but for I'm trying to imagine myself growing up with, let's say, you as as my dad. The, I would I would certainly get to a a, a, a phase when I'll be asking questions as you know in my life, what's going on here? Did did that happen with them? Well, I transitioned nine years ago so at the time they were 14 11 and 9 so they knew me before i transitioned and then i transitioned and it was difficult it, it it was it was it was really tough for them uh you know it sounds flippant but parents can be embarrassing enough at the best of times but mm. a parent who transitions is really hard and at the time i was i was so inwardly focused uh, I hadn't much attention for anybody apart from myself. It was my it was my mm. partner who spent most of the time with the children, counselling the children. It was really really tough for them. But two decisions that we made is one that I was still their dad, that wasn't going to change, and throughout they've always used male pronouns in the house for me. So I'm he, him, and I'm their dad, and that never changed. Sure, listen, I. I can't imagine actually um, the amount the amount of roller coaster rides though that that this kind of 
phase in your life must must entail i mean it's easy enough for people on the internet to give you a hard time and and in, the internet is a terrible place sometimes and you see the most awful comments on facebook and on twitter and all this right and i'm sure you've you've experienced a lot of that but at the end of the day you're still a person you're still you're still a human being who's wanting to be happy and who's wanting to live a good life and and who wants to love and and be loved and you know i mean i'm a i'm a satirist so you know the last 16 years i've be, i've been paid money to to mock people <laughs> <laughs> which is why i don't like talking to certain people because then it makes it harder to mock um now i mean i don't i don't mock transgenderism because i don't have a dog in that particular fight but what i do mock is what i see going on which we've which we've touched on the sort of cult like uh, um approach it's as though it's as though there's this victimhood mentality and I, I wanted to ask you do you feel oppressed are you are you oppressed are you a victim no no i'm not oppressed uh i'm relatively privileged in society i'm uh, i'm white which uh needs to be recognized I'm male. There's a lot of privilege that comes with that. I'm I'm now middle-aged, and again, you've got that privilege. Mm. I'm well-educated. I have a professional career. You know, I I have an awful lot of privilege. I'm not oppressed at all. It's nonsense uh, to to suggest that trans people are oppressed per se. Some are. You know, some trans people are dreadfully oppressed. You know, and there's some places in the world where mm. it, it's it's absolutely appalling, but not not middle-class professionals in the uk we're not oppressed and uh, that's something that that annoys me a little bit because if you were to go by what you see in the media you would think that people like you when i say that i mean like the you know transgender and i mean the lgbtq community at large you would assume that they these this heavily oppressed this heavily victimized um population group and I just don't see it. Well, the, yeah, you hear it, but there's power that comes with uh, playing a victim card, you know, being oppressed. Mm. It means you can't be challenged because mm. to challenge somebody who is a, on the surface vulnerable and a victim uh, makes you a bad person. But yes. the problem is we have to challenge each other. We have to, ch and certainly we have to challenge each other's political ideas. If, you know, if I'm never challenged, then I don't get the chance really to think carefully about my own ideas. And some trans people are put, put across this idea that they are oppressed victims. Nobody ever challenges them. And they're not in a position where they can even work out themselves what they actually believe in. Because we need to be challenged to understand ourselves. <laughs> but <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of questions coming in, which I'll, I'll, I'll read if you don't mind. Um, okay. But... <laughs> this one that that always gets me when you go to <laughs> when you go to a public bathroom which side do you go <laughs> uh right this this is this has got really really contentious i don't use women's <laughs> i absolutely love that answer <laughs> no, i don't use women uh we've 
I don't know what I don't I don't know how things go in South Africa, but building regulations in the UK has been uh, male, female, and separate accessible toilets. I, I'll use I'll use I'll use the separate facilities. Okay, um, yeah. So in South Africa, we are uh, always behind, but we we tend to to catch up eventually. We always do what yeah. uh, <laughs> what the West does. Uh, we're just a couple of years behind. So on one hand, we can learn from the mistakes that that that, that uh, the UK and America makes, uh, but then we can also do the same mistakes. Um, I've got a question here from um, from Ashley. She wants to know what did your wife say, and how did she feel? when you when you decided to transition i think it was the worst the, the worst time of her life when i transitioned and i was not in a position really to think about to understand how bad it was for her her whole world collapsed in really and then she was in a position where she had to keep going she had to support our children who were really struggling meanwhile i was in a position where i was just thinking about myself that was it and so for her it was really difficult is it you say think about yourself um are you suggesting that that there's a sense of narcissism or self-importance or arrogance i think at the time my mental health was so bad i i, I really was in a in a huge mess i don't want to go into any more details than that mm. but my i was in such a such a bad psychological state that all i had time for was myself and i had no time really to think about other people's needs or other people's thoughts and mm. feelings in this at all i really was very self-centered at the time which of course has changed now yeah it took me probably two three years to work through it properly you know my partner will say you know it it, it was a long time for me to come out the other side of this it was it, it's a long haul it's, it's not something you get over very quickly and uh, for her it was a it was a hard time for a long time as somebody who enjoys humor, me, um, I have to I have to ask you for some for some funny or great moments uh, through all of this. I'm you know it's a, it's obviously there's a lot of darkness around the um, the whole transitioning or the and the transgender subject. But tell me some great moments, some moments that have made you laugh, some funny moments, uh, peculiar moments. Oh, it's. It's times as a, as a teacher. I'm quite uh, I'm quite expressive as a teacher. I will run around the room. I will, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll I, I, I'll use lots of different activities. And when I'm teaching electric charge, I used to uh, for the last 25 years. I've always uh, started the topic by rubbing a balloon on my hair, leaping onto the front bench at the beginning of the room, sticking it to the styrofoam tiles on the ceiling, and then jumping down and saying, "What's happening here?" And after I transitioned, I had two classes I was teaching. The first one I was wearing trousers for, and then, uh, and then I'm, you can see what's going on. The second time I was wearing a skirt for the first time whenever I taught this lesson, and it's different. You can't leap onto benches and stick balloons on the ceiling. And I, I'm, I, I'm running in across the room, and you've got about half a second. The bench is there. I just think what's going to happen, and the balloon was uh, the balloon was <laughs> stuck to the wall that time. And thank goodness uh, there was enough uh, insulation on the wall for it to it stick to the wall. It didn't, didn't sort of dribble down. So that that's happened. Uh, there's been other times when <laughs> another time, which was later on, when I was trying to change my telecoms provider, and I was talking to some call centre. Who know, who knows where it was in the world? 
But uh, I, t- I got on the phone. I said, "Hello, can I? I, I want to leave. I want to go. I want. I want. I want to. I want to shut off the services." Uh, well, your name? I said, "Well, it's Debbie Hayton," and they said, "That's not the name on the. Uh, that's not the name on our records." So I'm thinking, "Oh," and this was about four years after transition. You see, I'm thinking, "Is it Deborah Hayton?" And they said, "No." So I'm thinking, "Did we do this in Stephanie's name?" So is it Stephanie's name? And they said, "No." Mm. Uh, I said, "Well, whose name is it?" So we can't tell you that. You've got to tell it. You know, uh, who? I said, "Ah, is it?" Mr. Hayton, he said, yes. <laughs> I said, well, I'll have to go and get him for you then, won't I? So I uh, I, 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 put the phone down. No. I, I went to stomping around the house, dump, 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 dump around the room. No. And then came back and sat down and said, hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> and they were quite happy that they were now speaking to Mr. Hayton and... Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was actually Dr. Hayton, but I decided that two of me were enough for one conversation, so I uh, I didn't go there. So we I was I was Mr. Hayton for the next uh, with a low voice, and uh, and they were quite happy about it. And then uh, eventually we managed to cancel the contract with them. <laughs> but that was after about four years. You see, that was when I could laugh about it. When clearly I'd signed this contract before I transitioned. And they had my previous identity on there. I never bothered changing it. And then when I wanted to cancel it, they, they, that was when they wanted to change it. And, uh, you know, now if that had happened just after a transition, I would have got so, I, I, I would have been mortified. I would have been writing to the pip. I'd have been writing to complain, this, that, and the other. But na- at that point, four years on, yeah. I just had a giggle about it. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, and look, I mean, let's be honest, right? It's it's not normal, so it 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 will always be on the fringe. No, I mean you you got to understand what I'm trying to say here. This is this is not this is not if you're looking at a bell curve, you know it's it's on the fringe. So it's yeah, always going it's always going to be difficult for the majority of people to wrap their head around. Um, and I and I I don't know if you agree with me, but I think for the most part, I don't think people are actually bigoted. They just don't understand. Yeah, there's, there's, there are a few people around who are bigoted. There, there really are. They're a tiny number. And if they're, uh, if they're transphobic, they're usually homophobic, misogynist, uh, racist. They, it's everything rolled into one. It's just, who's, who, who, they, it's just people who are different to them. Mm. And whatever characteristic you're different with, that, that's what they pick on. There's, there's not many people like that. Most people just want to get on. And uh, I'd say as a trans person, that yeah, you say not normal. I uh, it can be a pejorative term that, but I know. What no, you no, mean. no. But I mean, you uh, get you get what I'm trying to say. I'm not. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Uh, different, unusual. Mm. Uh, I have used the word disordered before now, which is mm. another pejorative term. But all disordered means is you're not, you know, you're not, uh, you're not standing in line. You know, one, two, three, four, five. You you stand to one side. So yeah, it's different, and people do need to get their heads around it. But we're still human beings. Yeah, and that's the point. You know, yeah. And the vast majority of situations, you treat you dealing with somebody as another human being, and in that case, yeah, there, there should be no difference. And having a contract with a telecoms company, it should make no big deal whether um he, she, or whatever. It should, shouldn't make any difference as long as I pay the bill. So. Um, I've got I've I've got a few gay friends and 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 uh, and they show me this this TV show called RuPaul. I don't know if you know it. Um, 
and it's basically uh, for those who who are listening now who don't know it's 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 like a reality show where guy it's it's a drag what's it called drag race they it's a yeah. bunch of guys who dress up in drag um and then they they compete for the best dressed drag if i got it right um i, I have to t- <laughs> i have to tell you men tend to be better at being women <laughs> Have you found that, or are you are you a very unflattering woman? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know, I know what you mean, but I gave up. I gave up with makeup, and I gave up with uh, <laughs> with some things a long time ago. I just couldn't be bothered. It's just too much trouble. Uh, so I tend to wear. I, I do sometimes. I do sometimes dress. If I'm at work, I'll dress. I'll dress smart at work, but most of the time, I. Uh, I, I wear I wear the same clothes I used to wear. It's and, and I certainly don't I certainly don't bother with makeup. Just on a but on a on, a on a slightly more technical level, when you transitioned, you obviously changed your first name, not your not your surname. Yeah. Mm. Um, was that a fairly easy process? Uh, it was uh, in the UK. We, we we all have a right to be able to change our name whenever we like. Uh, unlike some, unlike in the US, where you need to go, you, you need you, you need to go to court to change your name and do it before a judge. Yeah. Uh, in the UK, we have a right to call ourselves whatever we like, as long as we're not. Uh, we're, it's not for fraudulent purposes. Sure. You can't change your name to run away from debts, for example. But we can call ourselves what we like. So changing your name is relatively easy. I did. I did actually. Uh, uh, a goal before a, before a magistrate in this country to do it, but that's that's purely because my partner is she's Canadian, and I just figured that having a piece mm. of paper with a with a magistrate seal on it might might be uh, more helpful uh, in other jurisdictions, but it, it's relatively easy and and doesn't shouldn't cost anything. It's uh, it's an easy process. Basically, you just call you you just make a declaration right. that you want to change your name. I got a question um, from a listener. Who wants to know: Do you have any regrets? Yeah, I regret being in a position where I felt I had no, 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 uh, no option but to transition. And looking back, I don't regret doing it because my mental health was in such a bad state that I really, <clears throat> I couldn't see any alternative to it. And it did work. It did improve how I felt about myself. And uh, <clears throat> and put me in a much better place mentally, but looking back now, I do regret having to do having had to do it because it put everybody else around me through such uh, a difficult uh, a difficult experience, and it's left me now in a position where, you know, I'm you, you've described me as not normal, and I know what you mean by that. So it does mean it does mean that you stand you do stand off to one side, yeah. Yeah, and I mean. When I say not normal, I mean I obviously don't mean that in a in a derogatory way. I, I mean I mean in a in in a in a way yeah, that I know uh, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, you you're uh, yeah not typical. Atypical, I think, is probably a better word. Yeah. And that one isn't that one isn't a pejorative. Not yet, but perhaps it will be if people started using it. Yeah, um, and I mean something else I wanted to ask you now is does does this dominate conversations on a daily basis or or is it just part of your day-to-day life now no not not in a daily basis it doesn't know uh there's far more important things and interesting Mm. things to uh, to 
talk about this and people who see me on social media and see me on the internet only see a very you only see one side to me in real life it's just it's just not interesting as a trade union worker as a trade union officer I'm more concerned about industrial relations and representing mm. uh, my colleagues uh, <clears throat> in the workplace uh, politically I'm probably more we, we had Brexit, I got very animated over Brexit, which I had quite strong opinions about. Uh, well, it hasn't really happened. COVID. Sorry? That hasn't really happened. Uh, well, it has now, and it's not a great idea. It's, it's not, you know, we've got huge problems in Ireland as a result of it. So it's, it's not great, isn't Brexit, but, you know, we're having to make the best of it. And then I've got strong opinions over COVID. Uh, when it comes to trans well I'm trans so what basically right uh, it's just it's just you know it's 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 the thrust of politics online which is where which you you only see one aspect of me there I know it's not quite related but I I, I want to know uh, you, some of your views on what's going on with this with this COVID pandemic story I mean I've, I've read some of it but but my listeners might not have I just I, I worry what we're doing as a society and I, 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 as a teacher, I just worry about the kids I'm teaching. We, they lost, they lost a term uh, last summer. They've just mm. lost another term after Christmas. The kids have been in school for about ten weeks out of the last forty, and it's it, it's just awful for them. You know, they've been they've been isolated. They've been away from the friends, and that's 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 my that's my main concern. I look around at other people, uh, the isolation, the uh, you know the the separation, the social distancing. We're social beings, so I do worry about that. Now in the UK, we've now got a vaccine rollout which uh, does work. You know this is this this is this is great. We've got this vaccine, which is cutting down hospitalizations and it's causing down serious consequences. Yet still we're, pre we're still we're uh, we're carrying on with uh, social distancing. You can't be too careful. Well. Yes, you can be too careful if it cuts us off from each other. So I do, I do, uh, I do worry about that, the impact it's had on us. And then it's the, and I always worry about the, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the, the government is very keen to uh, impose control and order on us. You know, work out exactly where we are, what we're doing. You know, mm. where we're spending our money. You know, all the data they hold on us really, really does worry me. So uh, the fact that. Uh, we're supposed to, uh, well, we're not supposed to, we don't have to, but we're encouraged to put an app on our phone and scan it wherever we go, and, and, the, government gets, and the government gets this data. And I think, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want the government knowing exactly where I'm going. So, I, yeah, I worry about the impact of COVID has had as, on as a society and as individuals, because we are social beings. And I also worry that the government is using it as an excuse to impose control on society. In, in a way that we'd never got away with before. So, you know, those are my views on COVID. I'm just, I'm just glad that this vaccine seems to be working because other, the other alternative was to, uh, w was just that to accept that we're going to get it. And as long as you get it enough times when you're young, presumably you pick up some immunity before you get old when it's a problem, like, like, like other diseases. I but the vaccine, the vaccine is, uh, you know, the vaccine's been very successful. Well, from from my um, from my perspective, I think that uh, your prime minister is doing a lot wrong, like almost everything yeah, but, wrong. Yeah, but, but why? 
he was the person he's a libertarian is johnson and no, i just don't understand it. he he was the one who who you know it was the it was the other party it was the labor party who were keen on identity cards 20 years ago mm. you know ton, prime minister tony blair was keen on identity cards so we'd all have to we'd all have an identity card and boris johnson was he said at the time he was a he was a journalist at the time and spoke out against this every turn you know if somebody forced him to have an identity card you know yet now he's the prime minister he's not it's not just that a uh, introducing identity cards but it's the computerized database that goes with it which is always the concern so i don't know what you know it, it's it's all very peculiar what's happened to him <laughs> it it actually is um i mean he is again from from my perspective um is is it an utter disappointment i mean peter hitchens who, who writes i think for the uh, uh mail on sunday in the uk i mean he said that the conservative party actually is completely dead and it must just be it must be destroyed well, <laughs> yeah it, it should our our politics is so fickle well the cons- the conservative party of they are they are social liberal at, at heart mm. and they are libertarian and there's a libertarian wing to it but this idea of imposing control is uh it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and 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 but part of it if you know what they have done i agreed with when when they started shutting down huge huge chunks of the economy they came out with what we call the furlough scheme which is is socialism in you know it's a socialist policy where people were people were paid their salaries underfunded Mm. you know funded by the government to uh, to to sit at home now that's been good because it's kept it's kept the economy going and it, and it, and the jobs are still there to go back to, but if the Labour Party had done that, it had been they'd have been accused of introducing it would have been, you know, mm. it would have been uh, described as a communist uh, coup, but the yeah. Tories have done it. I I agree with them for doing that. So yeah. our politics is very odd these days. Um, I've got a question for you if you if you don't mind. Um. It's a, it's it's slightly antagonistic, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. I'm, I apologize, but it's nevertheless in the comments. Um, if you are a man, why don't you go to a man-only place? Why do transgender people want their own toilet or place? Sorry, that's I don't know if that's worded correctly. I but see what, I, see what, I see what they're meaning. I, yeah. Most places are uh, mixed sex. The vast, vast majority of all the places that we have are all mixed sex. And that's what I will do. I avoid women's spaces uh, now. I'm not. I'm not too keen on going. You know, yeah, men only. Group. It depends. Depends. Depends on the nature of it. And you know, uh, but the vast majority of society in the UK is mixed sex. You have mixed groups of men and women, and I fit in there just like I've always done. How do you fit in? If you go traveling, so for example, um, I, my wife and I were in Dubai uh, a couple of years ago, um, and uh, although maybe there's too much light in my face now, but I'm, I, I, if if I grow a beard, you'd easily think that I'm from the Middle East, uh, so yeah. I, I fit in quite easily in in Dubai. They're very, very uh, religious and very strict in particular traditions. In a place like that, how do you fit in? Is it difficult? I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't in the Middle East. It's one. It's one of the areas where it's probably it's. It, you know, the, the 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 world's a big place. 
So the Middle East, I've not, I've not been to. Right. I, I visited Thailand a couple of years ago, but Thailand is very liberal, and it was the, the, the I had no problems in Thailand at all. Uh, I've been to the U.S. lots of times. The U.S. is very welcoming. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's another there's another funny situation about arriving in the U.S. Where again, you know, if you if I'd taken it the wrong way, I would have been, uh, you know, I could have taken offence. But uh, I, after I transitioned, I, uh, I I arrived at Boston with my wife and three children who were all under eighteen at the time, and the the home, you know, the uh, immigration person at the desk was it was really funny about it mm. you know that you know he, what he saw was two women ar- arriving from the UK with three children he, he just didn't he, he was concerned about what was happening here and you yeah. could tell he was concerned uh, but then I uh, you know uh, it, it was the questions he's asking uh, saying well who are and so well I'm you know these these are my kids and you know whatever but <laughs> as soon as I put my as soon as you put your fingerprints on the scan uh, he looked at his screen, and then probably every photograph that had been taken of me at the airport when I'd arrived in the U.S. Because you know what they're like, the Americans, appeared, uh, and he looked at his screen and he grinned. He said, "He said, Mom, you've been to the U.S. before." I said, "Oh yes, lots of times." He said, "Welcome back to the United States of America," and stamped the passport. Uh, but it wasn't the fact that I was trans was a problem. But it would have been so easy for me to, uh, it would have been so easy for me to take. You know, to read that as being, uh, mm. you know, transphobic. It wasn't transphobic at all. He just didn't. He didn't know what to make of the situation. But as soon as it was clear that yes, he was a picture of me from ten years ago, and one from well, however many years it was mm. on his screen, uh, then you know there, there was no longer a problem in in his view. But until then, he just he, it wasn't the much that he was transphobic. It was just he didn't understand what he was seeing in front of him, so he was hesitant. Debbie, the majority of listeners um love you they think that you're fantastic they you've you've got a little bit of a support base going here um and i think it's your honesty and your your genuineness that um people are finding quite appealing um i i can attest to that that's why i'm chatting with you because uh it's great to chat to somebody who who is i I don't know i i think just who can cut through all the nonsense um, and just see things for what they are, um, and I, I like that. Uh, and I, I think I think that there there probably is a need for more people like you, who can who can speak with this sense of sort of genuineness. Well, all I do is say what I think is tr- is true, and uh, I don't claim to be uh, I don't claim to be opposite sex, uh, mm. but I do claim to be uh, my own sex, but. I, it helps me. It helps me a lot psychologically if I present myself in a way which is more typical of women, and it really does. It really does help me, and it's amazing that around me, you know, you know, the vast, vast majority of people I meet are quite happy to go along with that, and it doesn't. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect me as such. But it just makes my life easier. Uh, but it's it's trying to be honest about who I am that I'm not. You know. I'm not really the opposite sex. I didn't change sex, uh, so I, d- I don't try. I don't try to claim that. And because all what I claim about myself, I can justify in science and in uh, in reality. Uh, I, I just, I just guess I'm I'm able to be challenged when people challenge me. I'm able to give a, uh, give an answer, and it, it means that uh, 
it means that uh, I'm not trying to pretend some. I'm not trying to pretend to be somebody I'm not, and that I think is where some other trans people go wrong because they're trying to they're trying to uh, claim to be the opposite sex, and when whenever somebody says, "Well, how can you be the opposite?" Sex? they've no answer, mm. and it makes them uncomfortable and it makes them uh, insecure. And I know how it does because I was there myself. Seven, eight years ago, I was in exactly the same position myself. If somebody said, well, you say you're a woman, Debbie, but you know what is it that makes you a woman? I could never answer it. So I'd get defensive and, uh, and you know, either run away from the debate or accuse people of being transphobic or, uh, you know, are not really sure how to respond. Whereas uh, being it, be, having my, you know, having my life Secured, I'd say, in reality, it just means that just means I'm in a in a better place and able to talk to other people, even if their views are very different to mine. I'm quite happy to talk to them. Mm. Last question. There's yeah. a there's a crystal ball in front of you, Debbie. What do you see? What about the future of the trans debate? Yeah. Or uh, yeah, and and uh, yeah. Uh, you can interpret think, that. You can interpret yeah, it however you want. I, you're right. The, the, my biggest concern. We've talked. We've talked. I've, we've touched briefly on women's rights, and uh, fact, I'm not sure we have done. Women's rights are an issue. We've trans rights are an issue. But my biggest concern are children, and my biggest concern are children who are being told that they're really the opposite sex, presenting as the opposite sex, having their bodies changed before they know it means to be an adult coming back in 5, 10, 15 years time saying, what on earth did you do? That's what I see. And that's, that's one of the main reasons why I carry on campaigning. Even when people shout at me, even when people tell me I'm a horrible bigot, it's fear of that happening, which is why I continue to keep speaking. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good enough answer. Okay. I like your I like your crystal ball. <laughs> um, Debbie, thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure chatting to you. Um, like I said, it's a bit of a breath of fresh air. Um, it's a very pleasant conversation. I'll, I'll admit, and as I said, a lot of a lot of the listeners enjoyed it. Um, and I I wish you all the best with uh, with your campaigning going forward. Oh, and Lovely, thanks. I love love to talk to you as well this evening. By the way, and one last thing, I really hope yeah. that uh, that 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 somebody can get rid of your prime minister and and change <laughs> <laughs> and change the course of of the UK. <laughs> uh, we shall sure. see. Uh, we shall see. Uh, he's, as I said, he was not my choice, and I am um, I'm a member of the Labour Party, and I'm campaigning uh, constantly to. Uh, for, Hash- uh, yeah, for hashtag make candidate. the UK great again <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast please visit supportgerm.com 